truck you got there? Thanks. Pete fell back to his knees and began making an engine noise as he ran along the wall. Cliff chuckled and picked up his box. <laughs> See you later, Pete. Bye. As Cliff pushed through the door in the back room, he glanced back and saw the child watching him with awe, as if wondering what treasures lay behind the mailboxes. Pete watched the door close behind the man and decided on the spot that he was going to be a mailman when he grew up, that and a fireman, he went back to pushing his truck. The door at the far end of the building opened, and Pete's attention shifted to the man coming in from outside. He was sweating hard and breathing fast and carrying a box that looked like it held a big present. Pete stopped pushing the truck and sat up, trying to imagine what could be inside. The man stepped past him and set the box down against the wall, then started back to the door. "'That ain't where you put that, mister,' Pete said. "'It goes over there.' He pointed to the slots in the wall. "'That's right where I want it, kid.' The man hesitated as he looked down at him. Pete noticed that the man was missing some fingers, and he bent some of his own to see how it felt. He started to ask him what had happened to them, but the man spoke first. Hey, you know that truck sure would fly on that half wall outside. Why didn't you go out there and try it? Not waiting for an answer, the man pushed back through the door he'd come in. Pete watched through the glass doors as the man climbed into the passenger seat of the blue pickup. The driver pulled away. Quickly, Pete's attention moved from the blue pickup to the half-wall he'd suggested outside the building. He glanced through the glass doors and saw his mother paying for their package. If he went outside just this once, would he get in trouble? Deciding that the wall's incline was worth the trouble it would cost him, he pushed through the door and hurried to the wall. His throat made a rumbling sound as he set his truck on the wall and gave it a shove. He would never see it hit the bottom of the incline. The explosion was so loud Jerry Ingalls heard it from half a mile away. What in the— He slammed on his brakes. The blue pickup skidded across the street. "'What are you doing?' Frank shouted. "'Drive, man, drive!' As Jerry tried to right his pickup, he looked back through the rear window. He could see the black smoke rising from where they'd been, filling the sky. "'That's the post office,' he said. "'Up here!' Frank said, take a right, up here. Sirens began to blare a few blocks away. Jerry turned in the direction he'd been told, his heart racing. Do you know anything about what happened back there? Yes, Frank said. He was dripping with sweat now, and the humid Louisiana air crept through the pickup in spite of the air conditioning. But I can't tell you about it now. Just drive. Drive where? Jerry demanded. If you're involved in something, man, I need your help. Frank's bellowed statement left no room for argument. Drive to the Del Champs parking lot. I have a car. Drop me off. Then you head for Chalmette. There's a motel right on the outskirts of Chalmette. The only one in town. The flagstaff, I think it is. Go there and rent me a room. Don't use my name or yours. Tie a hand towel over the knob so I can find you. I'll meet you there tonight and tell you everything. Jerry's head was reeling from the orders. Frank, if you had a car, why did 
You just have me drive you to the post office. What have you gotten me into? A fight for your country, Frank yelled back. You're in now. There's no turning back. You owe me, Jerry, and you owe your country. My country? Jerry asked. What are you talking about, man? The war's been over for 25 years. I've been a POW, Jerry, for 25 years, and there were others there with me. They told you the war was over, but it came home with us. Communism is infiltrating our government, Jerry. The captain was part of it. The captain? What captain? Bertrand, man. He works for the feds. He's part of the whole thing. Clef Bertrand? Frank, he's retired from the army. He's just a postal clerk, not some kind of spy. He's helping them to take over, Jerry. I don't expect you to understand. You weren't held all those years like I was. We have to stop it.